Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. And I appreciate Pastor David praying for us. He is a wonderful, dear friend. I've known, like I said, 20 years. He's been here many times, spoke. I've traveled overseas with him. I tried to count somewhere between 10 and 12 times. I've been on the mission field with him. He's a pastor. He's an evangelist. He's a missionary. His wife is a phenomenal cook and an awesome woman of God. And he's also a nurse practitioner in the physical world, in the in the secular world. He's got a beautiful family. He'll introduce them. Two of his daughters who are grown now. One just got married. I mean, you know, they need extra prayer. <laughs> and then one of them is getting ready to go off to college. And then the three that you saw here are beautiful adopted children. And so he's got they've got such a heart for that. And I just love this couple. Can we encourage David and Mary Elizabeth Hughes? Come on, Pastor David. I asked him if he wanted to preach on the stage because I didn't know if you guys could see him or not. (laughs) But I love you, brother, and I'm honored that you're here today. And one more time, let's give God thanks for our guest speaker today. Well, amen. We're going to show a quick video. But before we do that, uh, this thought just came into my heart as we were worshiping the Lord. What great worship that was, by the way. Uh, And the thought came, and it was something like this. Are we pursuing God? to the depth that he's pursuing us. You guys were singing that song that he'll climb up the mountain to come after us. You know, he's singing over us. Did you know God is pursuing you today? He is pursuing you. And uh, I want to show a quick video, and I'm going to give a couple of testimonies that are going to encourage you, and then I want to give a, just share briefly the word with you this morning, specifically about this transition that God gave me at Dollywood. I mean, Dollywood is anointed to hear from God, especially when you're over there by those old cars, those little cars, sitting under the umbrella. Amen? All right, we're going to show that video. Oh, 
Amen. The reason we showed Pastor James is, is because I didn't want you guys to think that he'd been lying to you all these years. <laughs> that he had really been uh, in the Bahamas on vacation. Uh, you know, uh, I've, how old are you now, James? 35. 35, so you're exactly right. I've known uh, Pastor James since he was 15. And uh, I always, from the very first time that I saw him, saw the anointing of God on him, and I'm so thankful to have him as a dear brother. He is a man of wisdom beyond his age, and we appreciate what God's doing in his life. I just want to share with you, uh, you saw in the video, but just to explain what was going on there, uh, this was this is in Nicaragua. This is one of our adopted countries. Uh, I've traveled over 35 countries over the past 26 years, and we've seen God do amazing things. And uh, Pastor James was, of course, with me on this trip, and uh, we usually take a team of, it depends, I'm going to get to that in just a second. It, it depends, uh, but uh, we we just see phenomenal things happen. We see God do things that are just out of the ordinary. How many know we serve an extraordinary, supernatural God? And I, I think what we've done in America is we've expected so little, and, you know, you get what you expect, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, honestly... God just pours out his spirit. Uh, in that crusade alone, there were about 11,000 people. And as you uh, saw on the screen, about 800 or so gave their hearts to Jesus. But I wanted to share with you a story that happened w during that three days that to me one of, one of them was the most phenomenal. Now, if you remember the little boy that came up on the stage, he had not walked correctly since he was born, like cerebral palsy, like my son. He, he, he walked and ran around the stage. I mean, God just, he just, shows out such an incredible way. But how many of you are believing in prayer for God to do something special in your life? And and sometimes when we believe, we get frustrated. And and it's easy to get frustrated in the waiting um, when we're praying. We live in a sort of an instantaneous society and uh, we don't want it yesterday, we want it now type society. Uh, uh, I didn't say that right. We don't want it tomorrow. We want it yesterday type society, <laughs> even before now. Uh, but I want to share with you something that happened. One of the nights that, that we were praying and preaching, now you got to understand the way this is. We're in a valley. Uh, we've rented about 80 buses, okay? So there's, there's cost to this, and I'll tell you how much that is uh, in just a second. But we've rented uh, these buses, and all these people have come into this valley, and there, there's a mountain on the left, and there's a city and the mountain on the right. And uh, I'm standing up in the middle of an altar call, and all of a sudden, the Lord begins to speak to me, and I said, just by the Spirit, I said, there's somebody out there, but you're not here. You're not in this crusade, but you can hear me where you are. And I said, the Lord wants you to know that he has heard your cry, and he has, just, he has heard your desire to have a child and that the power of God is coming on you right now where you are. And that's all I said. And I just moved on. Do you know the next day I heard the greatest testimony I've ever heard? There was a little Catholic girl that was one mile away. Now you got to understand, one mile away, literally one mile away, a little Catholic girl who was sitting on her porch. And she was saying at the time, right before I said that, God, if you are really real... You have that man say something directly to me. You, are you listening to me? You have that man, never seen me, say something directly to me. Little Catholic girl. And when I said that, I was told by, by the pastor who, who, who later told me this testimony the next day, he said, that young lady, when I said that, the power of God hit this little Catholic girl. She fell to the floor. Her family thought she was having a seizure, okay? And they gathered around her, and they were all in a turmoil. And when she came out of this, she sat up and told them about it. They were so excited 
that that night they came to the crusade and they found one of the pastors. And did you know that that young lady and eight of her family members that she brought with her gave their hearts to Jesus Christ? There is no distance to God when it comes to prayer. And he will answer your prayer if you will just wait and not get in a hurry. Uh, up on the screen before you, uh, on the right there, if you'll see, this is my daughter. And this is actually March of 2018. That's my daughter, Brianna, our daughter, Brianna, not mine. I didn't, I had a part in it, but she's not, she's ours. Uh, but there's my daughter, Brianna. This is a young lady, and I wish, this little girl, I wish I knew her name. She's the same little girl on the left. Now, let me tell you her story. A little mother who lived across the street, who was not a believer, brought this young young child because God had been doing miracles in Nicaragua uh, for about three or four days at this conference. She brought this child in. I said to the interpreter, I said, what's wrong with the child? The mother began to explain through the interpreter that the child had been born without much of its lower spine. Okay? So... Instead of going all the way down to what we would call the tailbone, okay, the, her, her spine literally stopped about midway up her back. So I, I, in faith, I said, Brianna, that's my daughter, I said, get over here. God is fixing to do a creative miracle. All right? God is about to do a creative miracle. Come here. And I said, baby, put your hand up underneath this child's back. God is going to do something, and you're going to feel it. She put her hand up underneath the little girl's back right here in this picture. And I put my hand on hers and I said, God, would you please do a creative miracle in this baby's life? And all of a sudden I began to feel something. <laughs> and I thought, oh goodness, it's happening already. And, 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 and I looked down and, and all of a sudden this mother was screaming. I said, oh, my God, what have I done? I've hurt the baby. You know, I'm a big old six-foot-four guy. I've hurt the kid. You know, somehow she thinks that we're doing something to her. And the mother looked at me and through the interpreter said, my baby has never moved its leg since it was born. That night, that child moved its legs for the first time. Can you look at her now? She just reached out to us, and I believe this is just for this service. She just reached out to us a week and a half ago and sent us this picture and said, I want Pastor Dave to know that my baby is doing great. She reached out to my daughter, and she walks, and she runs, and she jumps, and she was born without part of her spine. Guys, God is able. And the Lord, and you wonder, why, why does God do these things? And, and there's, there's one thing that I think that always seems to happen where there are miracles. There are people getting saved. Where people get saved, God loves to show out. Amen? He loves to show himself powerful. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Ecclesiastes 3. I think we're going to put it up on the board. What a pleasure it is to be here. What a pleasure to have my wife. What a pleasure to have Jaden and Josiah and Katie Joy downstairs. We are a family that when we can't go into all the world, we have brought all the world to us. Every day is a mission trip. I, let me believe you me. We have jokesters. We have a shy one. We have one who's... Uh, uh, a little bit silly. My jokester would probably tell you this morning, why is it that they quit playing cards in the jungle? And somebody says, why? Because there's too many cheetahs. <laughs> he loves to tell jokes. He does not get that from me. He gets that from his mother. All the bad traits come from her. All the good traits come from me. Can you men say Amen. <laughs> When they do wrong, it's always her fault. Praise the Lord. Uh, when they do good, Daddy gets all the love. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season. Turn to your neighbor and say season. There's a season for every activity under the sun. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the things that we've been able to testify about. But now, God, we give you glory for what it is that you have for the church corporately today, what it is that you want to say and what it is that you want to impart to us today. Lord, I pray that you'd open every ear, open every heart, open every mind to the word of God. God, I pray that you would even in this uh, in this service today, do, mir- do a miracle, God. God, speak to someone today, Lord, as I'm speaking, Lord. It's not enough that they hear me, but in order for this to be a success, Lord, they've got to hear you. Lord, I pray that they would hear your voice, your still small voice, God, speaking and resounding in their ears. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for what you're doing here uh, at Emmanuel. We thank you for the goodness and the grace that is upon this transition in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, As a church... I don't know a lot about you. Now, some of you individuals I do know, but as a church, I know that you are coming into a new season. You're coming into new leadership. God has raised someone up in Pastor Michael uh, to take over as Pastor James leaves. And so you're in a a good time, a uh, this is a sweet time. This should be a time of, uh, of rejoicing. This should be a time of unity because I want to let you know the early church, its success was based on its ability not to, to, uh, obtain and contain, but to send out. And, and so that's, that's the way the gospel gets spread. And I believe this, when, when we send out our best, even though it's our pastor sometime and, and, and I'm not trying to say he's the best here, but he's probably pretty good. But when we send out our best, I want you to know that God looks at that and that's like an offering to him and he will replace him. Now this guy's going to be hard to replace. I know it's going to take at least two or three kids to replace him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so somebody get ready to have a baby. I don't know. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> but God honors when we send out. That was the success of the early church is them sending out and them sending into the field. So I think it's so awesome that you guys are <laughs> not only willing uh, and you're able and I believe you're coming to the point that you're going to be ready. Not that, not that it's, it, it's something you, you, you're trying to get rid of him, but you're coming into something new. And listen, this should be an exciting time. Uh, I, I, I promise you, I know uh, I've been in places and we've left places and we've shed tears, but thank God that God opened that door and we got into that place because listen to me. And I think some of you will understand this. There's no better place than to be in the place of God's perfect will. Well, you can be out of God's will and it can be a mess. I mean, everything is in a mess, but when you get in God's perfect will, what a great encouragement that is. Now, this is what I felt the Lord say. The way that you as a church approach this season will greatly affect the outcome. All right? The way that you approach this spiritually, emotionally, mentally, with your mouths. Somebody say amen. amen. It's with our mouths. It's our faith. It's your actions. In the next few weeks, it's the next few weeks are so critical. The next few weeks to the next few months. Because I want to tell you something. There's an enemy out there. And like a roaring lion, he is seeking whom he may devour. And I don't know if you know this. I've learned this over 29 years in the ministry. I've learned that whenever a leader leaves, it creates a vacuum. No matter if the transition team's ready or not, no matter if somebody's ready to pull up uh, into that place or not, there's always a vacuum because there's always people that look and go, uh, well, we love Pastor James. And you know what? You can love Pastor James so much that you miss what God wants to do tomorrow. I want you to love him. I want you to send him away with all the, with all the love that you can give him. But I want you to let him go. 
I say that in a good way. You, you follow what I'm saying? I, I want you to allow this transition to happen and allow Pastor Michael to come into the place where God wants him because, listen, you want him to be in the place where God wants him. It's pretty good, isn't it? Listen to this. Jesus spent three years on this earth ministering and ultimately giving his life on the cross but he was also doing something that you may not have ever thought about, and it was this. He was preparing 12 men to transition into what we call the church today and for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's been ever known to mankind. Look at uh, Luke chapter 24, verse number 48. He said, you are witnesses of these things, 49, sorry, I am going to send you what the Father has promised. Notice this. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So there was some direction from Jesus about the transition. He didn't just want them to go out and start ministering. Did, did you hear what I'm saying? There was, a, there was something that they had to do. This had to happen before that. Are you with me? And sometimes this has to happen before that. He told his disciples to go and wait in the city for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you as a body to begin to wait on the Lord. No amens for that. I want you to encourage you to wait on the Lord because transition time is a time where the Holy Spirit, if we'll allow him will begin to birth. Now, I know sometimes we got to be careful with that word. That's kind of offensive. But God wants to bring forth something new and something fresh. And if we're not ready, if we're not waiting, if we're not in the right mind frame, in the right spiritual mode, then we're going to miss what God wants to bring forth. I believe that something... For you guys as a body is something that you've never experienced, something new, something powerful, and it's both individually and it's corporately. Now, what does it mean to wait? Does it mean to relax? It's funny. I can see those words on that page, but I can't see you with my glasses. So sorry for keeping on doing that. If that bothers you too much, I'll quit it. Uh, I just won't be able to read. Um, does it mean just to sit back? That's Listen, you don't want to sit back right now. Not during a transition time. You truly want to begin to wait on the Lord. And when we talk about waiting on the Lord, we're talking about like a waiter or a waitress. We want to be actively pursuing the Holy Ghost and His plans for this church. I mean, we want to be after it. If we weren't before, we want to start getting after it. Amen? So we can't relax now. It's the exact opposite. Listen, the disciples waited on the Lord in Jerusalem in the upper room. Can, can I tell you, they wasn't just sitting around. They were praying. Guys, they were fasting. They were seeking the Lord. They were worshiping. They were doing, they were talking and giving testimony about the things that Jesus had done. And all of a sudden, after nine days, the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, after nine days, appears and in a powerful way, does something marvelous. In this transition, the most important thing that you can do is prayer. Prayer is necessary in transition, not only to bring forth what God desires, but listen to this, number two, if you're taking notes, to keep the enemy out of the camp. Remember I talked to you about that vacuum? Somebody's going to always like, I, we are so carnal sometimes. But somebody's going to always like somebody better, and they're going to like their personality. Listen, if you built, or if you're, relationship with God is based on somebody else's personality, especially a pastor's, you are in big trouble. You are in big trouble, especially if it's on James or mine. Because we, 
We do more things in our mind in five minutes than most people get done in eight hours. So, so please don't trust us. We're both uh, untreated ADD, okay? I know your pastor. He, he is my son, okay? He is my spiritual son. Uh, but, but think about that. So many people do that. And, and when that, when that person leaves, they just kind of get distraught. They just get discouraged. Listen, what I want you to do is I want you to gather around this couple. When this couple leaves, I want you to come around this couple and begin to do that right now and begin to undergird them and pray for them because they're going to be receiving something today or tomorrow or next few days that they didn't have last week and they didn't have last month and that's that spiritual mantle that a lot of people don't know about you know preaching is fun getting to share the word is awesome but pastoring that's a whole big different thing when you have to bear the spiritual weight Okay, when you have to come underneath, if you will, and don't be offended when I say this, but the spiritual burden of the Lord. This is not something from the enemy, but this is the burden that God gives a pastor for his people. And that is something that if you've never done it, you don't quite understand it, but but believe me, it is big. Turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 2. Somebody say that he's going to be done at one or two or three. He hadn't decided yet. I'll tell you when I'm circling, but I won't tell you when I'm landing. Amen. Acts chapter 2. This is so simple, I know. I mean, please don't get bored with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. One scripture says, in one mind. They were all in one accord, the King James says. Now notice this. One mind, one accord. What does that mean? That means they were unified. Think about it. Nine days seeking the Lord. I, I, I've said this and, and wondered sometimes if there was some truth to it. I just said it. It's not like the Lord revealed it to me. But why did it take nine days for the Holy Spirit to come when these people were faithful to the upper room? And I've always said or thought it probably took them nine days to get in unity. <laughs> I mean, now think about it. Because I want to tell you something. The Lord's not going to come and dwell in a place where there's not unity. In fact, where there's disunity, there's every evil work. <laughs> come on now. Get with me. Because unity is so important right now during this transition. It's so important that we love and support one another. Now, I got to tell you, I don't know if, if you're like me, but I, it's amazing to me that on the day of Pentecost, there were only 120 people that were gathered in the upper room. Have you ever thought about that? What happened to the 5,000 that ate the fish plates and sweet tea? Where are they at? Is that not like the church today? I mean, if we're not being spoon-fed, then we're going to go somewhere else. Right? If, 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 if it's not going our way, then we'll pack our bags and we'll head out to the, to the next camp. Come on now. Where, where were all these people at? I believe it started out and maybe there were hundreds and they were excited and they were on fire. Maybe they, there were three or four hundred. I don't know that were gathered up in the upper room. I just know this, that sometimes God separates the serious from the silly. <laughs> and so there were 120. Now, now think about it. The hunger. You remember what I said to you when I first came up? I said, are we actively pursuing God the way he's actively pursuing us? Can you imagine the hunger that existed that would allow you to fast and to pray and obey Listen, to stay anywhere five minutes for us is hard and not look at our cell phone. I'm preaching better than you're amen. 
<laughs> God's always got a remnant. He always has a remnant. It's the faithful. It's the bride of Christ. But unity. But unity. We've got to have that right now. That's so essential right now as you're going through this. You know what we got to do? And I'll just be plain with you if you don't, if you allow me. You got to honor what God's ordaining. You got to honor what God is establishing, whether you agree with it or not. Now you say, well, this is a, a democracy and I can vote the way I want to. Well, are you going to vote against God? I'll, I'll let you study the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. I mean, what are we going to do? But I, I've been in this thing long enough. I've seen when pastors leave and I've seen when that vacuum has, has been created. And, and I'll be honest with you. I've seen people get real carnal. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't get carnal. Please don't get carnal right now. Don't, don't, <laughs> you, somebody just took it to the next level. I appreciate that. <laughs> Please don't get disrespectful right now. You know, when there's a vacuum, th this isn't, this isn't, uh, uh, the time that we start opening our mouths unless it's to pray. <laughs> this isn't the time that we start voicing all of our opinions. <laughs> you know, it's so great to do this because I don't get paid. Uh, you know, I can come in here and just say, just say whatever God wants me to. And I'm going to leave. I'll probably have a taco before I go, but I'm going to leave. <laughs> and and I, I probably won't think of you until next time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You probably will really think about me. You'll think, how rude. That's what my kids say. You're so rude. Uh, but it's not the time to, to voice all of our opinions during the change. Let me, let me ask something, not with a show of hands, but how many believe God's doing something with the transition with these men? Do you? I, boy, I'm so glad that, that, that you're not faking it, that you're making it and it's real because God is not done when we see leadership move. In fact, God is getting ready to do something new. Amen. To do something new. Look at the book of Acts. Did you ever think about that? Jesus transitioned. Now, you're not going to be able to do it the way he did it. He went up into the air right before the disciples. That's the way he got out of here. I mean, his transition was like, gone there you know there wasn't any laying on of hands and all this i mean there wasn't any a lot of uh maybe there was some uh, but but kisses goodbyes and checks written okay <laughs> there was just jesus disappearing but he had prepared his disciples for that transition now they didn't know that yet and Pastor Michael, you probably don't know what to expect, and not knowing what to expect can be the hardest thing. So, guys, come alongside and pray for this pastor that he would know the mind, amen, the mind and the heart of God as it pertains to a manual assembly. Yeah, we're going to do it, I guarantee you. In just a second, <laughs> I think I'm circling already. <laughs> Remember this, one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000. God will not honor nor will his presence dwell where there is disunity. I just want you to hear that one more time. God will not honor it. Acts 2 showed us where there's unity, there will be an outpouring of his Holy Spirit. Where there's unity. This is what I believe prophetically the Lord spoke to me yesterday he said this, and I quote, they have a solid foundation. It's up to them if they are ready to experience what I now want to build. Mm, I can't see you. I just hope you're just, just do something. I'm going to have to hear you. Let me, let me say it one more time. They have a solid foundation. It's up to them if they are ready to experience what I now want to build. That's the word of the Lord, I believe. So let me kind of sum this part of the message up. Number one, we need a fresh outpouring 
And it happens when, number one, we are waiting in prayer. All right. Number two, it happens in unity and only in unity. And number three, where we are eagerly expecting it to happen. Expectation. Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it is impossible. You cannot please God by what you do. You can't be good enough. It's only by faith that the, that we please God. So by faith is the only way that we do it. All right. We must believe that God is and that he exists. And listen to this. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently what? Seek him. So how do we seek him? I mean, are we just going to go to him and say, Lord, I'm not sure if you want to do this for me today. Well, I wouldn't want to do it for you either. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that, uh, Lord, that you still believe in healing. But if you do, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I've done it before. I approach God with such lack of faith. I approach him with, with such negativity sometime. Lord, if you, if you, you know, I, and, and I've said this before, I know you do it for other people, but you probably won't do it for me. Have you ever said that? Mm, some of you have. I can tell by the way you're looking at me. I know you like them better, God. I can just tell. I can tell by the new house they got. I can tell by what they're driving. You don't know about their mortgage or their house payment neither. <laughs> So it may not be a blessing. Come on. Come on. <laughs> if I don't expect it, you know what? It won't happen. When Pentecost came, it wasn't just important that they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke in tongues, but it was important that they experience the touch of God. People need in this generation to experience the touch of God. When we go overseas, we see people experience the touch of God. I think you saw it in the video. You saw it on their faces. A lot of these people that were up at the altar holding their hands up were not church people. These were unbelievers. You see them come running, guys. I tell them from the moment I begin to preach, when I give the altar call, I want you to come running. And they come running to Jesus with their hands. It's like an automatic with their hands. Why do they do that? Because they're surrendering to him. He's become Lord. They're making him Lord. They need to experience. We need. We're in a crisis in the American church. We are, guys. We, you know, uh, this is a great church, but I'll be, t I'll tell you, there in many places right here on Sunday morning, there are places that the Holy Spirit is neither wanted or welcome. Think about it. It's true. I mean, for us to, uh, and I don't want to pick on, uh, pick on any denomination, but for a denomination the size of the denomination that voted just a couple of weeks ago about gay marriage, and for it to pass just by 50 votes, I mean, first of all, for them to even have a vote is quite ludicrous. But for it to be close is to be an abomination. Give it five years and it'll pass. I'll just say this to give you a hint. John Wesley, if, if he's able, would be rolling over in his grave to think and to see what we've become. We have compromise. And it's not only in, in the denominations we want to pick on or the top three and, and maybe we're not included in that bunch. I'm not saying that at all. I don't want to be so arrogant. I, I, I personally am good friends with a psychologist who works with Emerge Ministry and basically Emerge Ministry ministers to pastors. And he has told me some stories about the pastors around our country that lead our Assembly of God churches. And I want to tell you something. It's pitiful. We're in trouble in many places from the leadership down. Because listen, not to put any pressure on you, but your church will take on not the personality, but the spirituality of your day-to-day -day life. I put him on the spot, I know. If he's a man of prayer, he'll have people that'll be people of prayer. I loved what he did a while ago when he got us to shout. 
I thought, boy, he's, he's going to be okay. <laughs> See, I, I've been around long enough, but when he got us to shout, especially if you're, you know, if you're younger and 30 and you shouted, listen, I want to love on you because I can't get anybody to shout except over a video game at my house. <laughs> it's like, man, to see, and I, and I, and I'm not, what do, what do they say? I, I'm, I'm not trying to kick any uh, of our, um, <laughs> different generations to the curb when I say that. But listen, we need to be expressive about our faith. And that's what happened in the book of Acts. Wasn't so important really that they spoke in tongues. What was important was, is they were emboldened and empowered to reach the known world for Jesus Christ. Did you know that that 120 people got so busy, they got they didn't even have bicycles back then, they got on their sandals, right? Their Sunday sandals, and they began to travel the known world, preaching the gospel. The ones that didn't travel were like Philip, and God just took them places. Wouldn't that be amazing? For God just pick you up out of here and set you down in my house, I'd probably shoot you. But anyway, like, where did you come from? You know, I'm, I was that guy you met at Emmanuel. What are you doing in my house? All I can tell you is it better be before 9 p.m., amen? Because as the scripture says, I am locked inside with my children in bed. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you guys letting me have fun at your expense, amen? Secondly, and I said that, the early church was emboldened and empowered. I'm, I'm circling. Let me ask you something as we kind of do circle. Are we still hungry for the things of God like we were when we first got saved? Are we still thirsting for God? Are we still seeking God like we did before? I got to thinking about the biggest deterrent sometimes to seeking the Lord, and there's a lot of them that I could name. But the first one that came to my mind was compromise. You know, there's, not to belittle this, but there's those blatant sins. And it disturbs me when people tell me statistics and I hear them that one-third of our ministers are addicted to porn and one-half of our men in the Assembly of God churches are also addicted to porn. That tells me that you can line three preachers up and one of them have a problem with pornography. Okay, that's what I call blatant. But what about the small things? Remember, it's the little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the, it's the still small voice that we hear that we don't quite obey. Like when we're in Walmart. God's trying to teach us about ministry. You know, and I just say this as a side note, we think ministry happens here. Ministry does not start until we say amen. Ministry starts when we leave here. And, and I want to encourage you just, just with the, just with something so simple. If God speaks to you in Kroger, actually my aunt from California calls it K Rogers. I said, what in the world? What are you talking about? K Rogers. Anyway, if you're in Kroger and you happen to be in the melon section and you see a lady over in the, strawberry section and the holy spirit speaks to you you got to know this god has already prepared that lady in the strawberry section for what's about to happen and for what's about to come out of your mouth the fact is we're a lot of times not willing to step out in faith and trust god enough that he has got this thing under control but i want to tell you he does he has this thing under control. He has this church in the palm of his hand. He has got this thing, and it's going to be okay. Amen? In fact, it's going to be good. The second thing, and I like to pick on this one a little bit, not just compromise and disobedience, but what about distractions? Do you guys think or do you agree with me that we're living in a time where people could be distracted? 
ride down the highway if you want to, and it'll say something like over the interstate in Nashville, 1,286 people killed last year because of drunk driving and texting. I mean, we're, we're distracted at everything. I mean, do you know somebody that when you try to talk to them, they're on their phone? Have you, have you ever done that? Now, how annoying is that? Now, let me ask you this. How annoyed is God with us? That when he wants to talk to us, we can't put our Facebook up. I challenge you, if you can't put Facebook up for a week, you're in bad trouble. If, if you can't let yourself be delivered from your iPhone for a day or two, you are in bad, serious trouble. Listen, guys, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to beat you up, but I'm talking to all of us in the room right here. We are allowing these distractions to replace our intimacy with Jesus. And if we're going to get through this thing, if we're going to make it, to the end, we're going to have to learn intimacy with Jesus Christ. Do you remember what happened at, at Lazarus' house? I'll tell you if you don't. The Bible says, and I'll try to explain this as, as quickly as I can, but the Bible says that Mary and Martha were going to honor Jesus by having a dinner. They had it at their brother Lazarus' house, and when Jesus came in, he saw something. He saw Martha who was busy about the kitchen. She was doing everything that she possibly could. She was making the cakes and she was frying the pies and she was cooking the turkey and she was doing all these things to get ready for this meal. And the Bible says that when Jesus entered the room that I believe that he sat down and immediately something happened and that something was that Mary came and sat at his feet and began to listen to him. Well, then something interesting happened, the Bible says. It says that Martha became a little bit frustrated and a little bit disgusted, and she asked Jesus, said, why is she not helping me with the kitchen duties, basically? And Jesus looked at her and gently rebuked her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried about so many things. But only one thing is required, and Mary has chosen that thing, to be free of the distraction, even of the good thing. The good thing is not always the God thing. And being distracted to the point that we are missing our opportunities to fellowship with God. Listen, fellowship with God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and lay it out there, it's not just you blogging a, a sermon. Is that okay? I mean, your pastor, I'm sure he puts a blog on and, and you just can't wait to hear it. But listen, it's not enough to hear what men are saying. We need to hear what God is saying about us specifically. He has got a plan for us. And if it, listen, he will tell you if you will, if you will take the time, he will tell you the details of that plan. I hear people tell me all the time, I, I wish I could hear God like you. All we got to do is open our ears. All we got to do is make the commitment and spend the time. Do you know when I don't hear God? When I don't put forth the effort. That's when I don't hear God. When I'll get in his presence, as I did at Dollywood yesterday, in fact, I just plopped down on a seat with the umbrella right next to a lady and just opened my Bible, and I thought, I bet she thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, her big old brawly husband came up, and he said, already got somebody hitting on you, do you? I said, I just kind of just kept on, kept on reading. I thought, if he don't see this big King James yet... <laughs> Man, I was in the, I was in the word, you talk. I was trying to zone in on what the Holy Spirit was saying. But when we'll set aside our hearts and our time, listen, all you've got is time. If you think about it, everything else belongs to God. 
But the, what you do with your time is the most important. What you do with your tithe is the second most important, but um, that's not the sermon today. So your time and being distracted. Everybody good with me this morning? I think I'm done. You stand with me? Well, Heavenly Father, we, um, we adore you. You know, I don't want to get um, in the way of what God might want to do next week being the final week, but I think somebody confirmed it a while ago. When are we going to pray for Pastor Michael and his wife? I want them to come and, Michael, Pastor Michael, if you will, come with your wife and just face the people out there. Oh, I just feel the Holy Spirit just brewing over this. Wow, do y'all do y'all feel that? Just the Holy Spirit is just brewing all over this. I'm I'm telling you, if this is this is this is this is holy ground this morning. This this is the spiritual part of the spiritual transition that God wants to do. Just a just a mild part, and He's just let us be a part of it this morning. If I don't know how many of us can gather around this morning and how we need to make room for it, but I think this morning I want us to spend time individually praying. And I want to ask you this. If you're here this morning, you've been distracted. Could you come on up front? Listen, it's okay to admit to being distracted. It really is. But if you need to renew some things, come on up. If you need God to help you with that, listen, it's okay. Truly. It's okay. Listen, if if we can't find love and healing here, where are we going to find it? If you need to hear His voice, if you've been praying a prayer, you've been saying, God... You really need something, whether that's to save a family member. I don't know what it is. You're, you're needing God in your finances. You're needing a promotion at your job or you're needing a job and you've been seeking the Lord and it's do or die right now. I want you to come. So we want to pray for you. And then lastly, if you want to come and gather around Pastor Michael as a body and begin to lift him up and begin to lift those up that are already up here. I want somebody praying with everybody in the building. I want these people that came, I want them to begin to pray. And I want you as a church to begin to cry out that God would so unify this body. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we just spread out? There's other people that want to get in. Can we just come on around and make more room? I want to get everybody a chance to just put their hands on this blessed baby and this blessed pastor's wife. Let's just worship the Lord and wait on the Lord. Let's just press in. Come on, church. Let's just press in and pray. Let's cry out to the Lord. Oh, God, I just thank you, Lord, for Pastor Michael and his wife. I thank you for the giftings, Lord, that reside in her. I thank you for a greater portion of the prophetic anointing. Lord, that it's about to come upon her in a great and mighty way. And Lord, I see her as she begins to worship the Lord and she begins to lead in worship. Lord, I see the prophetic voice and the prophetic unction coming forth, Lord. And Lord, the ability to call out, Lord, those things that aren't as though they are, Father. Lord, the ability to see in the spirit realm, to not only sing, Lord, but to prophesy. Lord, to give give life and to bring life, to give energy, Lord, and to 
give the life of God to this congregation. I thank you for that, Holy Spirit. I thank you for the prophetic unction, God, and the prophetic gift that's been on her, God, even before she was created, God. Lord, we call that down, God. And Lord, we say yes, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say yes to what you want in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you solidify, Lord, this child that she holds in her arms, Lord. We thank you for the clear answer, the clear direction, Lord. As they mull, Lord, as they look to what might happen next, we thank you that you have already ordained what you have ordained. And I thank you for that, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray over Pastor Michael. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, right now, Lord. Lord, I thank you for a pastor's calling. I thank you for a pastor's heart, Lord. I thank you for what he does outside the church, Lord, that you've blessed it, Lord. God, I thank you that, Lord, that it will just be an extension, Lord, of what he's already sown, Lord. Father, I believe that this couple has sown mightily in the kingdom of God, into people's lives. And Lord, I think and I believe this morning, and I know this morning, that you are going to reward them richly with people to come around them and to surround them, God, and to lift them up, Lord. Even as, as Moses' arms were lifted up in the heat of the battle, God. Lord, you are going to place around them men and women of God that have a love for them, Lord, and a love for their family, God. Father, I thank you right now that no weapon that is formed against this church shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against this family shall prosper. And God, I ask you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus to minister to us, Lord. God, bring miracles, Lord. God, there's somebody here that's been praying that needs a miracle. Lord, we ask you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, to give that miracle. Lord, to give that promotion. Lord, to bring that job, God, whatever's needed, Lord, to bring in those finances, Father. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for unity, Lord. We thank you for unity. We thank you for the enemy, that his plan is spoiled, Lord. Lord, I thank you for these people that are gathered around, Lord, and they're signifying the unity. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Mighty God, mighty God. Lord, meet every physical need right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, minister to somebody's hip right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for somebody's hip and somebody's leg right now in the name of Jesus. We ask you to touch that person right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for somebody here, Lord, that has a family member, maybe a sister right now, God, who's mentally hurting, Lord. God, who's mentally confused, Lord, right now. Lord, who's been on the brink, maybe thinking about harming themselves, God. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you bring deliverance to that person. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. God, I pray over our children downstairs. Lord, I, I pray for apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists to be raised up among our children, God. For the next generation to be the greatest generation because it could be the last generation. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for a quick work for your time is short. I thank you for a deep work, for the need is great, Lord. God, would you move among us today? Would you walk among us today, God, and do only what you can do, Lord? Solidify, Lord, mightily in the name of Jesus, this body, in the mighty, 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 mighty name, in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Let's just worship with Pastor James. Can we do that?
Come on, worship with us now. Worship. Let's lift our hands. Let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do.